Oh, we are back. We are back. We are back for season two. I'm Mason Me. That's Chase Baxa. We're two friends at a random school that no one's ever heard of. There's no bias here. This is the Chase and Mace podcast. Chase, great to have you back, bud. How, how you been? How you been? Oh my gosh, man. I've been fantastic and I am so, so happy to be back. Oh, it's great to be back. It's a great time to be back as well. We're finishing up the transfer window. Still got another about a month and a half left, but a lot of news happening this week. You know, we got Erling Holland, we got uh, Darwin Nunez, Calvin Phillips, Christian Erickson. They're all on the move. Gabriel Jesus, Richarlison, everyone. And let's see, Chase, what's your favorite one of this transfer window so far? Oh, that's a hard question, man. Um, honestly, I think it's the one that had to have happened today. I think Lewandowski to Barca is my favorite, which is crazy because Liverpool signed a 100 million euro signing, which we'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, Lewandowski to Barca. I mean, I love Barcelona, love Lewandowski. So that, I think that's my favorite. I, I'm so excited to watch what he does uh, in, in the next season with Barcelona, man. How about you? What's your favorite? Oh, that's that's really hard to say. You know, um, Christian Eriksen to obviously United. That's a big one. Uh, but I think the best looking one to me is probably Erling Holland to Man City. As much as we all hate Man City, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say any more on that front. But Holland going to Man City for only 51.3 million pounds. That's a steal for that kind of player, that caliber of player. And also they grabbed Calvin Phillips as well for 45 million, which is also Another steal for a great, you know, holding mid in English football. And, you know, City's going to look really good this year. I'm excited to watch him play. Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited to watch Man City play, but obviously not too excited to watch them probably pummel Liverpool with with Erling Holland and probably watch them pummel everybody with Erling Holland. Man, I mean, I think we start out every single episode and season two has been no different with saying, man, we have a lot to talk about. And looking at all these transfers, man, do we have a lot to talk about? <laughs> a lot. This is Not a couple of these transfers that I was a, very surprised by. Some of them that I'm, I would definitely say I'm disappointed by, uh, but others that I think both of us really, really are excited for. And that Erling Holland and Lewandowski, I think both of those, I think the entire soccer world is very excited for those. Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. And let's 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 stick with Barcelona and Lewandowski because Barcelona really really made some headway this this year with their transfers, specifically um, Lewandowski and also Rafinha coming over from Leeds for fifty five million, and even uh, Usman Dembele taking a pay cut to stay there. They also picked up uh, Andreas Christensen, who came on a free from Chelsea. Xavi has got a lot of a uh, lot of talent there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, as as long as Aubameyang stays, I think Lewandowski and Aubameyang, which <laughs> we, someone has to count the letters in those names because both of those names combined in one lineup are is ridiculous. Uh, but having both Lewandowski and Aubameyang on one team would be absolutely deadly. I mean, those defenses are going to be confused on just where they are, where the ball is. That's going to be ridiculous. But then tossing in Rafinha, I mean, Rafinha was amazing for Leeds. Leeds having a, a pretty rough end of the year, but a mostly strong two-year showing in the Premier League so far. Absolutely. Good. Yeah, no, I completely agree. The $55 million, the price tag, though, is a little little iffy, though, especially, you know, Lewandowski's uh, price tag has not been confirmed yet. But I think this is going to lead to uh, a lot of players that are going to be sold 
in this last month and a half from Barcelona, specifically being Frankie de Jong, and all points are showing that he's going to go to Manchester United. Which I'm fine with. Um, I just really hate that Menu seems to just stack up on players all from one position, all in one transfer window. Uh, and it to me, it ruins players' careers. I mean, I brought up a couple of days to you, Mace, um, Anthony Martial. I mean, he came in, and I saw people that were even saying that he could have been a Ballon d'Or contestant if Menu didn't completely screw his career. And obviously, a lot of people are going to say that. A lot of people are going to say, what if, what if, what if. Uh, but seriously, man, I mean, they brought in this amazing young talent, and then all of a sudden they had seven other forwards to choose from which were all, I mean, more experienced and at that time just a little bit better than, than Martial. And I think that really screwed his confidence, and he is on the come up. He definitely is becoming a lot better recently. I just don't want to see that happen to some of their midfielders if they bring in Frankie de Jong. Uh, obviously, they brought in Christian Eriksen, and I have my own gripes with the whole Christian Eriksen thing just because I think he should have stayed another year at a small club. I think we both agree with that one, it, just getting his confidence up. Moving to a big club right after something like his his I mean devastating heart failure on the on the field, um, I think it's just too soon. I think he needed another season to get his feet under him and then go somewhere big, then go make your mark somewhere. I just don't think he's going to start for Manchester United and to not see Christian Eriksen on the field when we all know what he can do um, is is a little sad. And if he starts, I would love it, but I just I just don't see it happening. You know. Uh... You brought up his heart situation and that kind of that that brings an, an idea into my mind. And obviously, you're more than welcome to uh, disagree with it. Uh, you'll be kicked off the show if you do. Um, but with his heart thing, maybe he doesn't have the cardiac strength to last, you know, 90 minutes for, you know, 60 games a year. Maybe that's why he wants to move to Manchester United, where he has some some leeway in terms of his position, you know, playing behind Bruno Fernandez, if, you know, all goes according to plan. So I think, you know, it gives him more leeway to rest more. It gives him a chance to fully recover before he can go at it again. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, honestly, I never even thought of that. And that's a pretty good thought. I mean, just, yeah, I like that. And I never even thought of the the idea that maybe he's not up to his 100% yet. And and maybe that's why I wanted him to stay. But maybe he's never going to get back up to that 100%. And I, that didn't even cross my mind. So maybe he is just going to Manchester United just to fill that mature, like, veteran role that, like, uh, Juan Mata filled for a little bit before they completely sidelined that guy. Oh, I loved Juan Mata when he first came under David Moyes. He was great. I just loved him at Chelsea. I thought he was an unreal player at Chelsea. And then he went to Man U, and I never really heard from him for a little bit. It was it was very strange because the year he came in, um, you know, it was under David Moyes. They had a pretty good team, pretty set team already, you know, coming over from the Sir Alex Ferguson era. But with Mata, like the next season, they brought in Di Maria, and it was it was weird. They kind of like they switched positions. Di Maria became that attacking midfielder with Mata becoming the winger, which was very interesting, especially with Di Maria's speed and Mata's vision and passing on the ball. Yeah. Um, speaking of Di Maria, I mean, he went to he went to Juve, and speaking of Juve, they made a, they had a great transfer window. They have. They brought they they. They got Di Maria, like you said. Uh, who else did they pick up? They brought in Pogba. Oh, 
thank goodness I mean, he's as much as play. we ragged on Pogba for literally every single episode of our podcast last season. Uh, I mean, he's going to be better. I mean, he's he's going to be good at at a uh, Juve. Pogba is not a bad player. It was just he didn't work at Manchester United, and and it is what it is. Uh, but I think he's going to be good at Juve, and I'm excited to see that Juventus team. I mean, they didn't lose too many. Uh, they they really just added. Yeah, that's true. But there are talks of uh, Matthias Delete going to Bayern Munich now for yeah, seventy million euros. I saw that earlier today as well, and that sort of blew my mind. Uh, but obviously, them losing Lua—that's you have to replace him with somebody. And I mean, Delete's a, a defender, but you have to you have to bring in some big names after you send off somebody like Lewandowski. Well, yeah, but it's a good thing they brought in uh, your boy, your man, uh, Sadio Mane for twenty-eight point eight million pounds. Don't remind me, man. They got him for a steal, an absolute steal. They we might as well have just sent him over with a firm handshake. <laughs> I think it was that bad. I think that that trade or that that uh, signing was that bad. Like they might as well have sent him right over there. Like I, 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 just looking at the list of Liverpool sells in just this transfer window alone, like oh my gosh, you know Mane leaving for almost thirty eight, or almost thirty, excuse me. Um, Minamino going to Monaco for thirteen. You got Nico Williams, who would have been a fantastic backup outside back for at least you know a year or two, um, going to Nottingham Forest for sixteen, and then, oh the. The statue, the hero, Divock Origi going to AC Milan for free. That's just that's not good business on Liverpool's part, and that's very rare for a Liverpool club to do that. All right, so here's uh here's the age old question. Let's do like uh who do you think had the best transfer window, and who do you think had the worst transfer window? And I think we can both agree that Liverpool is definitely very high on that list for having the absolute worst transfer window this year. I mean. They lost all those players that you just said, and then we're bringing in Darwin Nunes from Benfica for a hundred million. I mean, it's it's only eighty million, but it's twenty million in add-ons. But that's just ridiculous. I mean, what is it? Um, Mane left for like twenty-seven million and three million in add-ons, and we replace him with an eighty million player that Benfica didn't even do that good last year. We smacked him in the Champions League. He's obviously not that good of a player to be to warrant a hundred million dollar price tag. You know, sometimes I really think that uh, Klopp wanted uh, Nunez specifically because of what Van Dyke said about him that he was the hardest uh, attacker that he's ever had to defend against. I think that's one of like the only few reasons why Liverpool went over the top to get him. He's a he has a lot of lot of potential, but I don't know if he's going to fill it out, especially immediately. Who knows about the long run though. I mean, hopefully in the long run, but like you said, immediately, like that immediate impact, uh, I don't think is going to be there. Uh, you've said it multiple times, and I'm just going to echo it. You can't replace Sadio Mane that easily. Because that Liverpool squad was not just pure talent. I mean, you can look at Man City, you can look at PSG, uh, and even Real Madrid at times. It's just good players. Like they don't have an amazing, beautiful chemistry. Uh, it's just a lot of good players. But this Liverpool team, I feel like, had really good chemistry, especially with those top three, even with that switching of the third player. Uh, I think it was a great chemistry that Mo Salah and Sadio Mane at least had with each other. 
And to just throw that away and start with a new player, it's it's not going to have the immediate impact that we all want it to have. And if it does, I hope I eat my words, and I hope he scores 5,000 goals next year. But I just don't see it happening. Now, for the in the last last season, um, Sadio Mane had 23 goals and five assists. But, you know, over the course of the year, the way he's played for Liverpool, you know, running in behind, creating space, playing that, you know, that false nine at times. Even if Diaz steps up, even if Darwin Nunes gets, you know, 10 to 15 goals, you're still not going to replace all that Mane does. Like Diaz, fantastic talent, all the potential in the world. I think he's going to be great for Liverpool in the future. He's still not going to replace Mane for another two to three years. And Nunez, it could be four to five at this point. Uh, Klopp even himself said it would be it would be a project to have him there. Yeah, that's just crazy, man. I, <laughs> so we've determined that Liverpool definitely probably has the worst transfer window uh, this year. I mean, it's just they, they get a solid D minus from me. It's not an F because we did bring in a good player and and everything, but I, I still give them a D minus. <laughs> You know, uh, and one of the bigger the bigger ones on the positive side, I think, have been Arsenal. And that's really just because they've kept a lot of the same team and they lost Lacazette, but they got Gabriel Jesus, who is already making an immediate impact in that Arsenal team. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I fully agree. I mean, that they made a clean switch. Lacazette being an older player, not really producing a ton of goals. Uh, we talked about this before the podcast. Uh, he had that stint of 10 games without scoring. You're a striker and you go 10 games without scoring. And then to break that streak, he scores a PK and then doesn't score for the rest of the season. Like that's, that's really bad. (laughs) So to replace him with Gabriel Jesus, which didn't have a crazy impact on Manchester city's season until those last couple of games where he got a a couple looks, uh, I think it's going to be great for Gabriel Jesus's confidence because, I mean, Arsenal is going to fully rely on that player. I mean, they are going to fully rely on him to score a lot of goals. And that's exactly what he needs. That's exactly what he wants is just the ball at his foot so he can try and score. I mean, I think it's going to work out well for Arsenal. But the Premier League's looking real dangerous. So Arsenal may be good, but I, I don't even think they break the top four next year. Now, who would you say would be in that top four right now? Obviously, it's way too early to tell, but who do you think it would be? early to tell, but a top four, if I had to pick, um, we talked about this earlier and we, we did agree, but I think I'm going to change it up a little bit. I think I'm going to gonna go Chelsea at first, uh, Man City at second. Ugh. I, I really have to say Liverpool at third just because. Uh, and then I think Man U slides into that fourth spot. I think they're going to have a good team next year. I think that they got a little bit more comfortable with each other at the end of the season. And I think Ten Hag is is exactly what Manchester United needed. So I, I think that's a solid top four. You know, you, United do do look really solid. And obviously, we've been watching the uh, at least I have. I know you just watched the Man U Liverpool uh, preseason game, but I watched both of United's uh, tour games when they were over in Australia and Thailand. And honestly, they looked really really good they ten hog started a much stronger stronger 11 than liverpool obviously did an even um, melbourne victory but the way that they played oh i have a lot of like players just written down here 
that are going to make huge impacts right away. And one of them, I think, is going to be Eric Bailly. Um, Malasia is going to be another one as the backup left back to Luke Shaw right now. They play the exact, exact same way. Um, but Martial and Rashford both look incredible. Under Ten Hag, Sancho looks great too. But it's just really going to be interesting to see how it's going to work out with Ericsson and Bruno. And even if De Jong comes in. And Lissandra Martinez is also linked to a move there. Uh, so maybe that'll make, you know, by Veron McGuire a little uncomfortable. So we'll, we'll see over time. But, you know, I still think this Arsenal team is more ready to play right now than United is. I think if United make top four this year, it'll be an incredible achievement for Ten Hag. But I see Arsenal as four. I'm going to go Chelsea three. Wow. Because, I, I, because they, they lost Rudiger, who is a ball-playing center back. They lost Christensen defensive center back who paired well with uh, Thiago Silva and Rudiger whenever he went forward. They lost, even though we made fun of Lukaku for having a bad season, right? We didn't. He, we ripped we it. Did. Yeah, he still had 15 goals. Really? He still had 15 goals. Everybody... So, like, look, they, they brought in Koulibaly, who is a fantastic center back. Fantastic center back. I wish United grabbed him first. But uh, they brought in Sterling as well. Sterling will create a lot of chances. You think Werner's going to score as many as Lukaku did in a bad season? No. I, I, I think his career is uh, washed. I, th- I think he's done. Uh, he, he might have a breakout season here or there, but I really don't think. <laughs> I think... The biggest goal-scoring threat for them is going to be Kai Havertz, as it is you know, every year for the last three years. Yep. Very true. That's why I had them at three. Like, their defense still looks great. Ben Chill is going to come back from his injury and be great. Reese James, fantastic wing back. You got Conte and Jorginho in the middle. Even Kovacic has been fantastic for Chelsea so far. Mason Mount, obviously. Pulisic, I wanted to play more. Uh, I have Liverpool in second. Um, I like that. Even though, of course you do. Even though they do struggle against Chelsea, they could still batter every other team in the division aside from City. So there's that potential there. And then City, City, I have clear number one because they played well without a striker, and you add Erling Holland. Yeah. I mean, we – so going back to, like, who had the best transfer window, Man City probably is up there for having the best transfer window. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you there. They did bring in Holland and Phillips for a combined 96 million pounds, which is – that's really good business. That's two players that are worth probably over two hundred million alone, and they bought them for less than hundred. That's great business. But they did lose Sterling and Jesus, two players in the attack that'll even like in a thin squad. That's hard to replace. I would agree that yes, losing Sterling is a big one. I don't think them losing Gabriel Jesus is a big one. Uh, he really did not come on the field that much last season. It's, he really only came on near the end. And he did have some big plays at the end, but that was he really only played in those like, um, like the Concacaf Cup or not the Concacaf Cup, the uh, Carabao Cup, uh, in those like smaller tournaments, the FA Cup. Like he he did not play in a ton of Premier League games, so I don't think that's a huge loss for them. I think signing Erling Holland shadows everything that they lost by far. Well, yes, but I think they also, he also didn't come on much for City because they had a very, very cheap player by the name of um, Jack Grealish on their roster as well. And Phil Foden also played out of his mind. Wow, did I completely forget about Jack Grealish. 
<laughs> so I think that was another reason why Chasers didn't play all that much, and which is why I think Arsenal, great business there. Yeah, I mean, Arsenal is going to be good next year. And I I appreciate you putting them in the top four, but I just don't think that Arsenal will make that top four. I think they have another season of their younger players developing, uh, getting more playing time, getting a little bit more comfortable with each other. And then I think they're going to be a really, really good team. I think Saka needs to grow up a little bit. I think he stays on the ball uh, just a little bit too much. But, like, Odegaard is going to be beautiful next season, and he's going to be an amazing player for a couple more years. But, yeah, I think that Arsenal team just needs to come into themselves a little bit. We, we saw a glimpse of it this year, but I think next year will be a blooming year, and then the year after that, they're just going to be ridiculous. They're going to be a force to reckon with. I could see that, but, you know, I still think with United being on a down year and then, you know, the team that no one ever wants to talk about, Spurs, having that, you know, seesaw mentality. Uh, we don't which, even talk about Spurs here either, man. Yeah, we, we don't like talking about Spurs, but let's talk about them for at least, you know, two seconds here. Um, I think they only had, like, two good deals so far. That was uh, Basuma, the left wing back from... Brighton Hove Albion moving over for $25 million. I think that's a great piece of business. He's yeah. going to re- replace um, Sesenyon at that left wing back spot, and he's going to be a force going forward. They also signed Ivan Perisic for free, which he's going to be a great player in the midfield or even the attacking third as a backup to Son, Kane, and Kulusevsky. Uh, but they signed for Charleston for $60 million? Yeah. I... <laughs> what Who is going front on? Is on something because just knowing Richarlison, you know he's not worth 60 million. Everybody knows he's not worth 60 million. Oh my gosh. He's he's gonna back up Harry Kane. Oh what what's he doing? He's he has got to be I think Conte has had like one too many beers with uh Frank Lampard and he's like hey I'll I'll give you 60 million for him. I don't I don't care. <laughs> that I can see it in my head. That's exactly what happened. Oh my gosh! But that's that's just ridiculous. Ah, but yeah, Spurs. I I think that they they're at the bottom of the pot with Liverpool. Maybe not so far deeper because they do have Basuma and Perisic, but they did get rid one. Three is is a huge one. I mean, that's a really really large signing to have that good of a player paired with like Harry Kane and everybody. I mean, that's that's a good signing. It, it's just the Richarlison for $60 million that completely ruins their transfer window for them. Absolutely. Now, there's going to be a day-old, or a day-old, but there, this has been a, a long question that everyone has been asking lately. It's not involving Spurs, for, so excuse me for that. It's not about another London club. Is Declan Rice going to leave West Ham? I don't think he is. I haven't seen anything about it, so I wouldn't think that it's going to happen. Uh, usually whenever he's about to leave or whenever like people are really looking at him, that's all you see. You see Chelsea is looking at Declan Rice. Manchester United is looking at Declan Rice. Those are really the only teams that look at him. But uh, usually that's like all over the news sources and everything. And I haven't seen anything about Declan Rice moving. And with West Ham having a really good season last season, or at least, no, I would say it was a really good season. They, they had a very good season last season. Um, I don't think he's going to leave. I mean, I wouldn't leave in that position. You've stayed that long. You've went through the suffering, and now you have a really good team around you. You might as well stay at that point. He has a great team around him. He, uh, Ariola officially signed over from PSG. 
So that's going to be a great addition and goal. Um, you still have Mikel Antonio up top. That's a great player. Well done. Uh, David Moyes has sold the helm, and he's always played well. You know, uh, the guy who probably should be considered for the man new job. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Hey, <laughs> <Day>, man. <laughs> oh, man. But I've heard a lot of interesting, interesting rumors lately. But I want to know, what's your favorite rumor that you've heard? Favorite rumor? Hmm. You know, this, this was before... Uh, the whole Lua and Sadio Mane, everything like that. This was before that. Uh, my favorite rumor was the clean Sadio Mane and Lewandowski swap. There was a rumor there for a little while that it was it was literally just going to be a clean switch between Sadio Mane and Lewandowski. Obviously, not happen. Uh, but I loved that rumor. I, I made a bet with my with one of my uh, players on my high school team that. I said, listen, man, I swear this is going to happen. I swear that Lewandowski and Sadio Mane are just going to switch. Liverpool is going to be an amazing team next year, and Bayern is going to be just as good as they were. Uh, but obviously that uh, is not the results. Liverpool is not going to be as good as if they signed Lewandowski, and Barcelona is going to actually be great. You know, there was a rumor going around. It's not my favorite, but I just want to get this out there. I believe I talked about this with you already. It would have been Ronaldo for Lewandowski, which I, I thought like would have been, that would have been really interesting had it gone through. It definitely would have been, um, but I don't know. I just don't see him in the in the Bundesliga. I just can't see Ronaldo in the Bundesliga. Listen, he's dominated in three of the four top leagues. Five. I don't. I don't really want to count France. I don't count. I don't consider that to be a top league anymore. Farmers. Exactly. Um, no bias at all in this whatsoever. Um, but he's dominated in Spain, dominated in Italy for the short time he was there, and he dominated England this year on a really shitty team. So I don't know. Maybe the Bundesliga could suit him better. If you look at just teams like Dortmund and Bayern, they both have insane wingers that can swing on the ball. So I thought that would have been an interesting move. Um, my favorite rumor, though, is one that is a little surprising, and I don't think you've heard it much. Um, and it involves Paolo Dybala coming to United since Dybala is on a free. He's a free agent right now. He did not renew his contract with Juventus. Yeah, he hasn't signed with anywhere. No, there were rumors about him going to Inter, but that was before they got Lukaku back on loan from Chelsea. And looking at this Man U team, the forwards they have, signing him on a free does not sound like a bad option because he is like that Luis Diaz type player where he can fit anywhere up top. Yeah, I mean, anywhere DeBall is going, he is going to be a great asset to that team. I don't know if he will come to the Premier League, though. I mean, I'd love to see him in the Premier League, but I feel like he's not – I don't think he's going to come to the Premier League. He'll either go – to the Spanish, to La Liga, I don't, I don't envision him going to the French league, uh, but I could definitely see him in the Bundesliga though. The Bundesliga—that's interesting. Uh, I feel like he was the Bundesliga is interesting. I thought he was a perfect, perfect player for the Serie A, but it's just interesting that he would want to leave. Yeah, I didn't expect him to leave, and especially with how emotional his goodbye was to uh, 
to Juventus. I didn't expect him to to not renew his contract. But honestly, Dybala to, to Bayern? Could that be a thing? Oh, that'd be interesting. Him, uh, Nabry, Ma- uh, Mane, uh, Sané. Oh, my gosh. It would be pretty good. Already paired with Muller, Musiala, Goretzka, Kimmich. Oh, my gosh. It could be pretty good, man. Very top-heavy there, Bayern. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, let's go. Let's let's switch back to Ronaldo here. He's He has said that he would like to leave Manchester United this year because he would want to play, at least I think it's because he wants to play more Champions League action. Um no other team has really wanted him, and he's rejected, what was that, $275 million contract to go to Saudi Arabia. Where's he going to go? I think he's staying. I mean, Ten Hag said that he wants to – he's in his plans next year and loves Ronaldo, so I think he's going to stay. But with everything surrounding him, I, he might not. I, don't, I just don't know – Number one, where Man U is going to look to sell him off, and I don't know how much they're going to get for him, but Man U needs to offload him soon because I think Martial is going to be a beast under Ten Hag system, playing at that as that lone striker number nine position because he's fast, he can he can press really hard, really well, and you know his finishing is not you know on Ronaldo's level, but he can make a serious impact. I would be the first person to love to see Anthony Martial have an amazing season. I, I love the way he plays. I'd absolutely love to see him have a breakout year. Uh, but I think that breakout year is going to come under Ronaldo. I think he's going to be the sub for Ronaldo and start whenever Ronaldo cannot. Uh, but I, I really think Ronaldo's staying at Manchester United this year. I just don't see anybody that would want to grab him and want to pay his fees because obviously he's not going to take that much of a price cut, man. Like he knows what his worth is. He knows what he, he deserves. So I like Chelsea is making way too many signings for them to to be incandescent. I think, uh, especially with the signing today for forty million with Cole Bali uh, and Sterling. I mean, just too many players going to Chelsea for Chelsea to be uh, a con- in contention. You said Bayern. I I just don't see Ronaldo doing well in the Bundesliga. I think it's too rough of a league for him. I don't know. I, I just think he should stay at Man U or go to Real Madrid. I would love to see him at Real Madrid again, but that's just like the uh, – what is it? I just want to reminisce on his old Real days. Yeah, well, that, I think you're just still caught up in you and I reminiscing about our good old days a few minutes ago. Yeah, you got a point. <laughs> but, no, it'll be – I'm eager to see what happens with Ronaldo. And I, I kind of don't want him to stay at United just because I feel like United would be a much better team without him. Um, that's just me, though. I agree. I mean, I fully agree. We ragged on him a lot last season. And that was just because he wasn't producing what we knew Ronaldo could produce. And, I mean, with that being said, he still scored a, an insane amount of goals. Uh, but Absolutely. In one of the shittiest Man United teams of the past, like, half century. Yeah. So, that's why I think I want to see him stay because I think Ten Hog could make that team amazing and could play Ronaldo into that. And he would just have an unreal year uh, after last year's uh, tire fire. The one thing I will say, though, uh, the two games 
Man U has played in this preseason, they've crossed the ball in so many times. They scored a few good goals against Liverpool and against um, Melbourne victory on crosses alone, just getting the rebounds too. So maybe he could be that guy to just sweep up everything and just shoot it in. And I think that would be completely fine. I think everybody would be fine with that. Yeah, uh, I would be too. I just think he's not going to start all that many games this year. No, he he is getting up there enough that uh, he probably isn't going to. Absolutely. But with Man U, they're going to start off with a fresh look. Their two jerseys this year look absolutely, absolutely stunning. <sighs> Some of the best jerseys out there, man. They are. <laughs> they're beautiful. These are, these are, at least in my opinion, the two best-looking home-and-away Man U jerseys that I've seen in a very, very long time. And that white jersey was just released this morning, and it was, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, that is, that's one of the nicest away jerseys I've seen in quite a while. So now speaking of away jerseys, home jerseys, uh, most of the jerseys are released this week, and Chase and I both released our top eight picks for our jerseys. And Chase, I'm going to start it with you to see how your list goes, and then I'll show all right, I'm in. Um, geez, list all of them? Yep, just list all of them. I'm in. So, number one is that Manchester United away jersey. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's just gorgeous. Next is the Southampton away jersey. And that, that thing, it has, like, waves on it. It looks almost like a cartoon. I just love how it looks. Uh, it's not too out there, but it's also not boring. But th- there's also a case to be made about boring, which I'll get into later. Uh, the next one is the Arsenal third jersey. It's a light pink jersey, and I'm a sucker for light pink. And for Arsenal to have that light pink on their on their jerseys this year, I think is – I love them. Uh, next is the Wolves away jersey. It almost looks like a laser show. I mean, it's, a, it's like a light blue with neon lines going all through it. And again, it's not too much. Those lines aren't too thick, so it's not like in your face. Uh, but they are apparent enough that you can see them. I I think they're pretty. Um, next is Crystal Palace. You could put their home or away jerseys right here. Both of them are beautiful. Gorgeous. Always has amazing jerseys. Absolutely gorgeous. After that is, and here's what I was talking about boring, is Nottingham Forest, their home jerseys. And it sounds awful, but it's just a red shirt. It's literally just a red shirt with the Nottingham Forest logo right on the left crest. I mean, it's that's all that's on there. They barely have any ads on there. There's no sponsor on the front of the jersey. So it's literally just a red jersey. And I think it's fresh. I mean, it's you don't see that very often. You always see some crazy extravagant jersey uh, with a big sponsor in the center. And, and Nottingham Forest does not have that. It's just a red shirt. And I, I like it. And that's a, that's comparing it to the Liverpool home jersey which is also just a red shirt, but that has branding all over it. Uh, it has some stuff with the collar that I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, but yeah, that Nottingham Forest comes into that sixth slot for me. I think it's pretty cool. And then my seventh and eighth picks are both Chelsea jerseys. That Chelsea away jersey is my seventh, and then the Chelsea home is uh, my eighth. And again, that Chelsea home is a very simplistic blue jersey, uh, but after last year's monstrosities that they put out, I think it's a much-needed fix. Dude, those jerseys last year were absolutely horrible. We did – me and uh, me and my girlfriend, Paige, we did the uh, 
the Jersey the Jersey table game again with uh, the Premier League teams instead of the Euros this time, and that was that was Paige's worst jersey. Yeah, I mean they're terrible. They're so ugly. Like they break it up and break it up into quadrants, and then each quadrant has a different pattern. It looks like they're just so ugly. Oh my gosh, it was that that was one of the worst jerseys I've ever seen. But all right, I guess it's my turn, right? With my list. Yep, let's hear it. Oof. Well, I think the first one, obviously the greatest jersey of the Premier League right now, is definitely Tottenham Hotspur away. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to talk about that speedo shirt. Speedo shirt. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. I, I, I think I wore that as a kid whenever I went into my grandparents' swimming pool. Like it's, it's rough. It's crazy. There's so many away jerseys in this mix that are so bad, and we'll get in, into them after your list. But man. Yeah, but my first one, Chase, like you, uh, that man you white. Oh, dude. I can't wait to get that with Christian Erickson on it. Yeah, that <laughs> I think that's a must cop right there is a Christian Erickson white man you jersey. And I'm telling you right now, do not get the Premier League jersey, get the cup jersey. It has the special lettering. It looks absolutely amazing. But don't have to convince me, man. <laughs> but my second favorite jersey is that Crystal Palace away jersey, the white with the red and blue crayon in the middle, just absolutely gorgeous. This is oh. two years in a row where Crystal Palace has had very beautiful jerseys. I can't remember a time when they didn't. Very true. Very true. My third is a little bit of a surprise, and that's that boring team we never like to talk about, and that's the Spurs home jersey. I think it's just so clean, the white. It's just fresh. It's a good look. Tottenham with wearing white – they usually do it right. They usually do it right. I would agree. Yeah, it's a more simplistic look this year, which is better than last year, I feel like. And it looks very similar each year. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. This year's is pretty nice. And I like that yellow uh, – the yellow highlight they have on the sleeves and the, and the neck. I just think it's a great look. Um, going back to a more simplistic, much like Spurs, at my number four spot, I had that Leeds home. And, oh, Leeds, I feel like they've had clean jerseys for like the last three or four years. They just, they look incredible. It's just simple design. They have gold uh, accents on it. It just looks great. The golden blue with the white just works together so well. Yeah, I think they they take the classic Adidas jersey that literally everyone wears, and I think they finally do it perfect. Uh, you can't get much better than a, a Leeds home jersey. Absolutely. You, you really can't. And uh, it's, it's so simple. It's great. I love it. It's, it looks so clean. And going to number five, I had the Brighton Hove Albion away. Now, that's the one I showed to you earlier today. That was the orange ones. I love it. I love that look. They had the blackout jerseys. You, you mentioned, um, what was it, the Bournemouth away jersey before? Yep. Yeah, with the, it was all one color with their logo and stuff. It just... It looks incredible. At number six, the boringness wins out again. The clean look, the greatness of the red of forest. It just looks so clean, so nice, so gorgeous. Number seven, I did have that Man City home. I like the red accent on that sky blue jersey. (laughs) See, I agree. Really like those jerseys. Uh, But the away jersey completely ruined it for me. I looked at the away jersey and I said, nope, not including the home jersey because that is awful. Totally and utterly understandable. 
No reason to think anything else. That that away jersey is absolutely disgusting. Uh, the one thing I really wish clubs would do more of is go with the old school design and just keep it the same design. Like, yeah, just you know, copy it. Like I, all you do is copy it. I don't, I don't understand it. But I really, I also really wish that um, some teams would just have numbers on the back, no names, just old school looking numbers. I feel like that'd be so cool. That would be really sweet. I would love to see the Manchester United jerseys this year with no names on them, just the big numbers in the back. Oh, I think would... how classic the the menu jerseys look. I think having those big numbers on the back would be beautiful. I would also like to see just the old school Premier League lettering on them too, because you could put that on like early. Oh. Like late '90s, early 2000s, that would look so ridiculously cool. Like you could throw a Paul Scholes on the back of that jersey, and it would still look like uh, he would. yeah, it would look the same. Absolutely astonishing. And then my eighth is actually the old school looking jersey, and that is Southampton home. Whew. Yeah, the Southampton home is beautiful. Uh, I think both Southampton jerseys they nailed it spot on. Honestly, yeah, I love it. The the blue wave you they you said already with the uh, the away jerseys and it it does look incredible. Hopefully, they have a year to match it, man. I, I hope they they don't do what they did last year and sort of just throw away half their season. I, I hope they are good next year for an entire season and, and maybe come in those like upper ranks, like a ninth or tenth, instead of borderline uh, relegation. Yeah, and let's see if uh, Everton can stay up on top this time for the entirety. I mean, you're losing a $60 million player, man. I don't see how they would. Uh, apparently, <laughs> he's $60 million. Hey, apparently, you're losing in a, one of the world's best players. World's best. Hmm, interesting. I mean, $60 million, you're telling me that he's world's best. I, he costs less than Holland. I don't understand this transfer market anymore. It makes no sense. It makes <laughs> no sense. Freaking Sadio Mane cost half of that. Oh, my yeah, gosh. That's what I'm trying to say here. Sadio <laughs> Mane, who had one of the best years in soccer, of the best three years in soccer, goes away for $30 million. And Rasharlison goes for 60 <sighs> Neymar, you fucked the system, bro. Facts. Facts. Oh my gosh. Completely screwed everything. Oh my gosh. This transfer market's ridiculous, but honestly, I'm so excited for the next month and a half. We'll we'll keep close track on it for all the transfer news that we have. Uh we'll get some more updates as the season actually starts. And once all of the jerseys come out, we'll put together a our way, way, way too early Premier League standings of just the home jerseys. Chase, is there any other transfers you would like to discuss or jerseys you would like to discuss? Uh, I do want to just talk about the, the MLS transfers, man. I mean, Bale's going to LAFC. Herrera's going to Houston Dynamo. And Insignia going to Toronto. Like, that's that's sort of crazy. Not only that, Wayne Rooney is coming back to D.C. United to manage him. No, he is not. Yes, he is. That's crazy. That's so cool, though. I love it. That is cool. I, t- I do feel really bad for him, though, just because it, the Derby County situation was not a great one to be in. He was so... It wasn't even his fault, which sucks. It wasn't. It really wasn't. He he 
made incredible strides with that small team. He even had to play some games himself. That's so crazy. <laughs> but no, going back to MLS, uh, oh, Bale and Keelini together with Carlos Vela. That's going to be a deadly, deadly trio. I mean, duo if you only want to go up top. But Bale bringing his professionalism of, you know, Wales golf, then LAFC now. <laughs> and then LAFC. And, and then back LAFC. priority to lie as well. Yes, but hey, it's still ahead of Real Madrid. Very true. It's all. <laughs> so now with that being said, do you still consider LAFC to be the leaders for the MLS Cup this year? Oh, 110%. There's no other team that I could even think of that would have any other chance. Maybe if Zlatan was still at the Galaxy. Maybe. Just maybe. I mean, Zlatan is a god, so maybe he would actually do something crazy. But uh, no, I think LAFC takes the MLS Cup. There's no way they don't. Maybe Toronto. I mean, Toronto always makes a good run at it every single year, and you put Insignia in there, and that's that's a pretty good team. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you put Bale, Chiellini, and Carlos Vela in one team. That's ridiculous. You know, I was really surprised about Insigne's transfer to Toronto just because, you know, he's still at the top of his game in Italy, and he just won the Euros with him. That's what I keep saying. I don't understand why he did that. I can't wrap my head around him going to to Toronto just randomly and especially to Canada like <laughs> he's not even going to a United States team he's going to Canada like that's so weird to me name name one person that would want that openly and willingly says yeah I'm gonna go to Canada insignia <laughs> you gotta be there maybe Giovinco too that's about it yeah that's really it well hey we wish him all the best of luck uh but there's one name we have not discussed, and I think it's very important that we do discuss him, especially in the context of MLS, and that is the one, the man, the myth, the legend of Lingardinho. Lingardinho, man. If he doesn't go to West Ham, it's going to be so sad. And he's not going to, so it is going to be very sad. He's not. So Lingard's camp is requesting a $10 million pound a year salary which roughly roughly translates to oh i can't remember off the top of my head um but you know he's offered 10 million um west ham said absolutely fucking not so where does that leave him with uh going to mls where in mls would he go either mls or uh saudi arabia and I don't even know where he'd go in the MLS. I don't know who's going to pay him that. I don't know. Like the only the only way that I can figure that out is if LAFC, or LAFC, LA Galaxy, Inter Miami, or maybe one of the New York teams can fork over that kind of money. I doubt. The FC definitely has the money to to fork over for him. I I don't understand sometimes. Oh, what is he doing? Just. Uh, take a pay cut, go to West Ham, enjoy your career. Because you had 14 goals and assists in 16 games last year on loan. And everyone loved him. Everyone I, loved him. He was so good. Fan base absolutely loved him. He Why does he go back? Oh, he was so good. I just wish he'd stay. Uh, I wish he was a man you. But you know what? He, he deserves to go off and, you know, have a great career. He's not going to play now, especially with Erickson and Fernandez there. Very true. And, oh, I want Lingard to go off and do well. Same. Uh, I wish absolutely nothing but the best. 
Agreed, man. Well, all right, dude. I think that wraps it up for our first episode of the new season. Agreed. It was a pretty good one. Pretty good one, and we can't wait for the next one. All right, guys, stay tuned. Next time, we'll talk about more Transfer Saga, the start of the season, and we'll see about our Premier League standings. Remember, guys, there's no bias here. Absolutely zero bias toward Liverpool or Manchester United. And please, please subscribe to us more. Listen to us weekly. And we'll see you guys next time. Take care. He didn't do the out.